named our podcast the World Class Agency Podcast, not because we thought we were world class, but because we try and get closer to it every conversation that we have. What does World Class Estate Agency look like to you? World Class Estate Agency is all about people. The good estate agents add, adds an incredible amount of value to the consumer. He's, he's looking after the customer properly, so being approachable, being accessible. And for me, every day's a learning day. What does being a world-class agent mean to you? Hello and welcome to another episode of the World Class Agency Podcast. My name is Mark Worrell. Uh, for those listeners who listened last week, I do not sound like Gary Neville and I am joined You do sound like by... Gary Neville. I <laughs> know. Listen, mate, that is from Manchester. That's, that's a very, that is a very northern thing to say, and I'm going to get some stick from Tom McGee, I reckon, for that terrible Manchester impression. Anyway, how are you, my friend? Good morning, Mark. Uh, hello, listeners. I'm really well, thank you. Um, we were just saying before we hit record that the only episodes you and I have listened to in like four years uh, have been the ones that went not on, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, because we're like, what happened? Um, so yeah, it's, it was a weird thing. I I don't like doing it by myself. I feel a lot of pressure. Uh, I talk way too much. I always lose my place. I never have anyone looking at me being like, (laughs) uh, yeah, welcome back. No, thank you. I was enjoying, uh, camping and we're recording on a Monday today as well, instead of a Tuesday, which feels a a little bit strange, but a really positive and, uh, encouraging start the week. Maybe we should change. I don't know. Hey. I'm I'm happy either way. I'm in your hands. It's yeah, five o'clock either day for me. Well, I'm I'm recording now because I'm on my way to Leicester for our mastermind with Stephen Brown and the gang uh, later today. So I thought it was easier to to start the day. So I've got a really um, positive week up ahead, and the sun is shining up north, which it doesn't always mm-hmm. do. It's been an incredible weekend. We've been in the garden all weekend. Uh, we enjoyed some fantastic weather for our camping trip last week. So yeah. All is good. All is very positive. The sunshine makes people happy, I think. That is very true. So, um, as you say, I listened back last week. I'm not sure about the Gary Neville comment, but um, I wanted just to go a little bit deeper because I was quite disappointed. I missed that episode. I'm not going to lie. I think there's um, a massive interest in Arek from Mm. um, this country, and it's really interesting that you went and um, Matt Giggs went along with you as as well, just to see. So what was the overall experience like and how does it compare to an event in this country? No, you've been before, but... Uh, I mean, it's big. So there's there's about 5,000 agents that go there. Yeah. Um, they said it was... So it's the second biggest real estate-specific conference in the world and it's the biggest business conference in Australia, uh, wow. which really surprised me, actually, because you'd yeah. think that a bunch of accountants would get together and just have a few days you know, on a lash talking <laughs> about numbers or spreadsheets or something, but maybe that's not their thing. Um, how does it compare? That's an interesting question. I think uh, only go if you're going to do something with it. Yeah. Well, of Otherwise, you're just, you're just going to waste 500 quid. Yeah. Um, it's pretty simple as that. And actually, you're going to waste a hell of a lot more than that. If you're listening to this show, you're probably in England. Hello to our, I think, two New Zealand, one Singaporean and handful of Aussie listeners as well. Uh, yet to crack the US market. Maybe that'll be next year's goal. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a big investment. So you got to do something with it. Um, mm. And there are a lot of people that go in Australia because it is on a Gold Coast next to a casino in the sunshine. 
Um, and those three things combined with business can often be pretty dangerous, you know? Um, but I think Matt and I did it, we, we did it really well, actually. Like we caught up a couple of days before we played golf. We talked a lot about what the next 12 months is going to look like for his business, what's going on with ours, all this sort of stuff. And we had a really good time. And then when we got to Arik, we were kind of already fired up and ready to go. And yeah, we used that momentum. Um, I actually surprised, like I came over with, you know, uh, a fair amount of notes, but probably not as many as I expected to take. Um, but that's, I think, because I'm on the lookout for that. I, I talk about all the time, like stuff that makes me sit up in my chair. And mm. there was a lot of really like hard nosed basics that everyone spoke about. And that was fascinating because it's stuff that um, even as a supplier, we're already doing. Yeah. It just reinforces that all you've got to do is be consistent in the things that you know work. Mm. um there is like it, it's not that it's no rocket science it's that fundamentally the state agency hasn't changed in a hundred years there's there's a few different methods to getting to market but talk to people be really consistent it's as simple as that right um there was tom tom ferry who's like uh listeners of this show will have heard me speak about him for forever he's he's a really good real estate coach he's he's mm. really direct he's not too american um, like his stuff translates really well. You can you can use his stuff in the States, anywhere, in mm. Australia, in the UK. And his opening line, I talked to him about, you know, last week I spoke about the fact that he gave everybody some uh, great email dialogue. And he was like, Who, who's going to change a bit of it to make it their own? And everyone put their hand up. And he was like, fuck you, just do the work. He's like, that email's literally got 10,000 uh, new listings for my clients this year. Just send it. <laughs> um, and I was like, yeah, I would, I would probably have tried to change it and thought about it instead of just doing the work. And mm. his opening line, so that was day two. That's how he started day two. He started day one by saying, don't do dumb shit. And he's <laughs> like, why try something new? Because you think it's cool instead of doing what you know works. So the, the overarching message for me, right, is if, that I took away from this is there are so many people out there trying to be different. And we actually spoke about this on the podcast not so long ago. You know, when people ask you what makes you different to so-and-so, it's it's arrogant to just say we're not different, we're better. Mm. But if you can explain why, you know, we all do put your property on right move, but we're also doing this. Mm. They're going to say ABC estate agents, here's a couple of their ads. This is the last three instructions they've had, right? ABC estate agents is delighted to present. ABC estate agents is delighted to present. ABC estate agents, here's our last three, right? Young families will love this. You know, downsizers will love this bungalow or whatever it might be. This is the home you've been waiting for. So it's mm. subject and buyer specific. You know, you and I spoke about knowing who your target buyer is and writing ads to them and all that sort of stuff. So you don't need, to, well, there is no wheel to be reinvented is probably a better way of, of describing that. You've just got to be better at what you know works. Yeah. I definitely could be better at what I know works. I'm kind of that, I would be that guy who was trying to change that email, I think. Um, I'm the same. You know, and, and uh, like, it's interesting The like the deeper I get into my career, I remember, uh, so maybe six months into real estate, first off, I was, I was still a guy's PA and I was at a, not, oh, I was going to say I was at a dinner party, but I was sitting on my back deck getting drunk with some friends, right? That's a dinner party when you're 22 years old. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, a, a mate of mine started asking me, he, he was working at like Rio Tinto in the mines, so he's flying flat, had more cash than everybody else. And he was asking me about how you go about buying a house. And I didn't think I knew anything. I didn't think anything had sunk in whatsoever. And I just started 
talking to him like I knew what I was talking about. And it was clear there was some stuff in there. It's a bit like these podcasts where I'm like, just ask me a question and we'll see what happens, <laughs> you know? And that was one of the first moments where I realized like that stuff had stuck in there and I knew what I was doing. And I, I thought that was it. And then I'm realizing now that those moments happen more frequently when you go out looking for them. And and to your point of what's Eric like, it's a, it's an event, it's a couple of days, whatever it is, but it's an experience where you go to have those moments to remind you just to stay on that tiny, narrow, boring track that you've been on that got you, you know, the money to fly overseas and go to that conference or do whatever it is and not look for those shiny pennies because that's just time wasted. Yeah, don't do dumb shit. Don't do dumb shit. Yeah. I think he uh, said run the plays that work, which is very American, right? Yeah. Um, but it's like if you're uh if you're playing four four two, right, have a right footed and a left footed winger and a couple of strikers that can head the ball. Don't try and overthink it, right? You sound like Sean Dash. Attackers attack and midfielders do a bit of both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you sound like Sean Dash, which was a very very good place to be last Sunday. But anyway, um, I want to talk about um, that being better rather than different, actually. And, and mm. That was one of the things that when I was listening last week, I thought, well, that's, that's a really interesting point because one of the things that really frustrates me and quite a lot of my team is that I think all members of the public think all estate agents are the same. So maybe we're wasting our tra- time trying to change that rhetoric. And actually, you can just say, yeah, you know, we are pretty much the same, but this is what we do better. And I quite like that. Um, trying to explain how you create urgency to demonstrate that you're, you're better. So I think it probably takes... Fundamentally, that, that urgency, that is the best thing we've ever spoken about on this podcast. Like I've had... Uh, over 20 agents tell me that that works. That doesn't sound like a big number, right? But if they're the people that are telling us and everyone else is secretly keeping it to themselves, right? Out of the you know hundreds that listen to this show, that is genuinely the most impactful thing that we've ever had a conversation about on this podcast. And if you're listening to this now and you're not using that in your like listing presentation, you are missing out. Mm. And so do you think that is significant enough to say that we're better and we create the urgency by doing this, this, and this? And then you're not saying we're different, but you're probably demonstrating that you are different in a way that you're not approaching it the same way as all the other agents. Because I think, I reckon probably eight or nine pitches out of 10 are probably very, very similar. Yeah, uh, I I think 10 out of 10 are, right? Everyone's going to talk about the same thing. We're going to, regardless of, how you might you you're going to market a home you're going to attract buyers you are going to at least attempt to negotiate the best price with those buyers and then you're going to try and get it through to exchange and completion as quick as possible that is the process fundamentally it is incredibly difficult to be different Mm. to that process but it is easy and you could say it is fundamental that we are better in that process and this is how you know it's we, we market your home by x y and z you know, we attract the best buyers by understanding who they are. We create urgency through our marketing and by the way that we hold viewings for a week or whatever it is. We're not desperate to sell your home after the first open. In fact, I think that's criminal. Mm. I was talking to my, my old boss the other day. We went out for coffee uh, on uh, Wednesday, Thursday morning. And he was sitting there and he was just like, I hate off market. 
And he's like, it's criminal. He's like, how can somebody sell a home off market and genuinely say to like the seller that they've gotten the most money? They have no idea. He's like, those people should be locked up in jail. He's got a, a lady that works for him and she uh, does very, very well for herself, like exceptionally well. And I asked him, I was like, would like would Rochelle ever say that to someone in a meeting? He's like, she does it all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and fascinatingly, this lady uh, sells about 200 houses a year. On her own, she's got a team, but just her. She's she's the agent. She's doing all the evaluations, etc. And she doesn't run a database. She's like the antithesis of everything we've ever spoken about. She doesn't want to be friends with people. She doesn't want to build relationships. She goes in there and she goes, "You guys have got a need. I'm I am the person to service your need better than everybody else. I'm in your life for an intense period of time. I'm out of your life till you need me again." <laughs> now it's not that cold. She's not calling people up. She's not checking in. She's not dropping biscuits over to the oldies in the air and stuff like that. She's a professional and she's actually, she's genuinely good. My, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law had her out to appraise their property and they had five agents out. I told them just to use her. They're like, no, we'll, we'll get everyone. And that was just like, everyone sucked except Rochelle. Oh, really? Yeah. So it, it just goes to show that maybe we've been lying to people for four years by saying you got to build relationships, you got to know everybody and know their kids' names and their birthdays and all this stuff. Actually, you've just got to be the best at what you do. Yeah, I think, and I, I think there's probably she's like probably what one in I want to say a million. Like the reason the reason that you build the relationships, the reason that you make the phone calls is because that is probably a more likely way that you're going to succeed in this business. I think there's, there's probably not very many people like Rochelle in this world that can, you know, go about business in that, in that same way. You know, she's the sort of, by the sounds of things, she's that, you know, one in a million, that Lionel Messi who doesn't have to, you know, do, do the things that everyone else has to do to be, you know, absolutely incredible, that, that sort of thing. Don't, don't get me wrong. She still does. So every week there's 5,000, uh, letterbox flyers that go out. like again she's boringly consistent she does yeah. she like as tom ferry says runs the plays that work right so she is sean deitch with two big strikers and a couple of right and left footed wingers right so she's she's doing everything that she knows to work in her area and yeah. she's dominant in that respect now, I, I don't think there's any one way to go about it right uh, and i think particularly when you don't have stability or the growth in your career and it's it's difficult to use examples of people at the bottom and the top of of any echelon right because the vast majority of people don't have the problems that those people have on mm. either side yeah yeah if you're the best of something you're going to have way different problems to the person who's the worst and if you're the worst you can have way different problems to the rest of us who are just average so mm. the average person needs to get consistent first and the best thing they can probably do to get consistent is pick up telephone that was that was the other thing right it was like talking about do what works don't overthink it you telephone you know five percent of the people on your phone are going to move in the next 12 months yeah it's crazy isn't it i tried to have a look how many people were in my phone I, I couldn't figure out i've not got an iphone so your instructions didn't work but i wanted to, to i actually picked up on picked up on the phone calls a bit um because it's something that we talk about a lot you talk about you know speak to 20 people a day and life looks after it after itself but I don't know why. In my head, I kind of thought when the agents got to that level, they'd have somebody doing the phone calls for them. But from what you were saying, those best agents are still doing a lot of that work and still speaking to a hell of a lot of people. And did they go into the detail of how they do it? Do they do it first thing in the morning? Do they do they do it in various blocks? Did they go into any any of the details so we can maybe provide the listeners with, you know, 
some tools so that they can get well, listeners slash me some tools so that they can get more consistent to start hitting those those phone calls was that you know spoken about at all so i'll use the guy named alexander phillips as an example yeah. and there's plenty he has a podcast with josh vegan there's Fegan. plenty of youtube videos about this guy uh he writes 20 million bucks in commission a year uh, and i think he's got a couple of pas and a buyer's agent that works with him so big numbers hmm. uh he makes phone calls from 7.30 in the morning to 10 o'clock every day. Phone calls from when? So when half seven to... 7.30 in the morning till, till 10 a.m. And then I think he said he... Or, or maybe his like prospecting hours are 7.30 till 3 p.m. because that's when people are uh, available. There was another guy there, James Tostevin. He had the same story. So this this is fascinating. He was at my first ARIC, which was 2011. And he was speaking at this one and he told the same story. I get to the office every morning and he's like, I'm not the first one there anymore. He's like, but I'm not the last. And I make phone calls till lunchtime. And then after lunch, I'm back to back going to people's houses, trying to list them for sale. That's all I do. So That's it's, and, and again, I, I think about this, the the one fascinating thing that was so similar between Aussie and, and UK real estate when I came to the UK was call out in the morning, afternoons at viewings. Mm. Right, so that structure is fundamental to people who are writing more money than they need in a year to retire on for the rest of their lives, and yet they're still doing it. So we're sitting here thinking about when the best time to call is instead of just calling people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, they're, what they're saying is not rocket science either. It's You've lived in your home for four and a half years. The market has been interesting for the last two years. When was the last time you had an appraisal in your home for insurance purposes? You think about moving, whatever it is. Go away, yep great come and see us no worries cool who's one other person that you think might be moving in the next 12 months and th so this was something that i didn't talk about last week is the follow-up to that because the obvious i ask you mark hey mark who's one other person you think about moving what's the obvious thing that you say well i'm not sure you're not sure <laughs> nice so the other thing was everyone says no and you yeah. say really yeah and yeah. the difference in in following that up right versus not is somewhere like 20 deals a year, they were saying. Wow, that's incredible, isn't it? That's like, that is such a small little... From one word. Yeah. But the best, the, the best word you'll ever ask. And it takes, yeah. a, bit of conf it takes a bit of confidence or um, practice probably to actually say that because I think when you're asking for those referrals, it's one of those things that people don't ask because it makes them feel a little bit uncomfortable. Um, 100%. And to then ask that, really, like it's it's another layer. It's not accepting the first no. You know, it's it's that classic line, isn't it? But actually, it's going a little bit deeper because you, you're absolutely right. People are just going, oh, I don't really know, really. And then they've, then they've got to think and they've got to answer, haven't they? I think so. Clearly, there's not a, a dearth of stock and there's not a problem with fees or anything like that because people don't want to pick up the telephone and have those conversations. So they're already making enough money. Mm. They're already super happy with their business, right? Because if they weren't and if they needed it, then they, they would at least attempt what it takes. Whether it's successful mm -hmm. or not, that's to be determined by doing the work. Mm. But so many people, uh, I'm talking to myself here in some instances as well, right? Just don't do the work. Mm. And You know, I uh, feel like, again, coming back to your very, very first question, of like 
how was it? What feeling? It, it gives you the feeling of like, okay, I'm ready to go to the next level. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So step up. And that's know, the whole I point. Wanna, right? I don't want to fuck around in this part of life anymore. I want to go and do this. Like, I was. Uh, we, we've had this conversation on the podcast before. Like, I was really disciplined with my exercise and my diet right up until my birthday this year. Right, lost just over four kilos. I was running really well, stronger than ever. I've been to the gym twice since, and it's this fifth of June. I missed a week. And suddenly my brain was like, geez, it'd be hard to get back into it, wouldn't it, mate? Fuck, it's cold now. You should sleep in, dude. It's and crazy. Like the, the, thankfully, the rest of my life, I'm, I'm more disciplined in than my own physical fitness. But I, actually, the physical fitness would make everything else so much easier. Mm. Um, and I catch myself looking for like the perfect get back into it workout. When all I've got to do is go for a run. <laughs> right. Um, so you're gonna go for a run. I'm not just week. talking to listeners when I'm going through all this nonsense. Uh, if I sound direct, it's because I'm talking to myself. <laughs> and that's that, that, that's one of the reasons that that we we do this, and that I so so enjoy it. You know, these questions that I'm asking you are as much for benefit for me as they are for the listeners, right? You know, we mm. can get all of that. And um, so on that, are you gonna go for a run this week between now and next week? Then, or maybe you could fit two in actually. For a week, we're gonna go. I, I will make a commitment to you now publicly that I will go to the gym twice. And I will run once. There we go. now and the next podcast episode. Well, you've got longer than a week, so. Right. Not if you keep making these on Mondays. <laughs> no. No, right. So just before we go, I've got two two final points I want to speak about. Reese Witherspoon, I thought it was really interesting, actually, because, um, mm. you know, she was a, and I think this is where some people have got some serious skill. So she was an actor. And, okay, she's in a similar sort of thing. But my wife... Um, is a massive fan because she's got this book club and she turns the books into series. We've just watched yeah. Daisy Jones and the Six on uh, Amazon Prime and I absolutely love it. So when you said Reese Witherspoon, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, but I want to talk about the point on availability because I think that is massively against what a lot of estate agents think they've got to do. So mm. people don't value you if you're always available. Um, I've actually, I think, probably got much better at this Um since I sort of put together how my week works and then started putting, you know, family, you know, a little bit higher, higher up. Um, and my phone's never too far away from me. Don't get me wrong, but I'm also not, you know, panicking if, if someone calls on a weekend when I'm off, for example. So how do you think agents can apply that more? And why do you think it's effective to talk about when it is so far away from the norm of what agents think they've got to do the open seven days a week sort of classic estate agent line as a as a usp um it's an interesting question because i've been there in terms of i can do it this afternoon mm. um and, and it's only when you do bring that structure into your day and you see that it works. So it's a bit of trial and error. You've got to, you've got to try it for a week and see that the world doesn't fall down. Like yes. We've got a rule in home search that there's there's gen, like there's no emergencies in prop tech, right? <laughs> so that doesn't mean that we don't care about our clients' needs. And that there are no emergencies in real estate, mm. genuinely. There might be a, a house that's on fire, but as a real estate agent, can you put that fire out? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe you're a fireman as well. That'd be cool. We heard from a guy at Eric who used to be a fireman. So maybe oh, that's go. why that thought was in my head. Um, so there are no real emergencies, right? But we make them into it. And it's part of our own feeling of self-importance. You don't get into yeah, right. state agents. You don't think you're important, right? That's just kind of the rule. And then you, the, the better you get, the less important you realize you are. Um, so 
you've just got to try it and mm. you've got to respect your boundaries. I've come from a year and a half of not having many boundaries, you know, and, and, uh, have suffered through that. And, and the moment that I decided to set some, everything improved. Yeah. Like life got better. Relationships got better. My relationships with my colleagues got better. Business got better because suddenly somebody was actually around after two o'clock in the afternoon. How good is that? Mm. So you've got to have it. And there are no prizes for being the guy that says yes, 24 seven or girl. Um, even though it feels that way, you know, I, uh, Perry Powell is a really good example of this. He shares his calendar with everybody yeah. and it says kids time, tennis, whatever it might be. Yeah. And he's just like, if people don't respect that, I have a life outside of the hard work that I put in for them, then they are not the clients to me. They're the people that I'm going to argue over fee. They're going to argue about price. They're not going to listen to my guidance. Why do I want to work with them? There's other fish. And also, how much does it show um, how real you are, that you're not just, mm. you're not just a, a machine? One of the things I did uh, in lockdown, I got a new phone, couldn't get my emails on my phone, never had my work emails back on my phone since. Get an iPhone, mate. I'll sort you out. No, I don't want to. It's been cheap. I don't want, I don't want my work emails on my phone. I know that might, that might sound crazy to a lot of people, but genuinely, that's one of those things that I'm not checking my work emails last thing before I go to bed and first thing in the morning because actually mm. what what happens between six and six in real estate, you know, realistically, nothing, absolutely nothing. And all my clients have my mobile number. If it is a real estate emergency, they're going to give me a call. So it's not the be all and end all. I'm actually checking work emails when I'm supposed to be with the kids or I'm about to go to sleep was not doing me any good at all. So that's one of the things that I've um, done that has really improved sort of balance, if you want to uh, talk about that. But I think a lot of people struggle with that. And Rachel, uh, now I can't get her work emails on the phone either. And I'm like, it's all right, just don't bother. She said, well, I need them, I need them. I'm like, well, I've not had, them, not had them for, what, three years now? Uh, and it's not affected my ability to, to do business. So I, don't, I, I think that people not valuing your time when you're always available is a really good point because they'll, you know, they'll then bother you about the smallest thing at the most inappropriate mm. times. Ain't that the truth? So I think that's it. Uh, and then one, one final, one final point. I don't, I can't remember who you said it was um, about growing the team. And it, uh, who was it? It's, you said it's, that was the fireman guy. What was Shane, it? Shane Brocklebank from uh, Lower Hut in New Zealand. Uh, B-R-O-C-K-E-L-B-A-N-K. Shane. He's funny. His Instagram is hilarious. Good dude. Is it? Yeah, I'm going to follow funny him. Funny dude, yeah. I'm yeah. going to follow him. Um, so he said he realized that it was more about growing his service than growing his revenue. So did he explain that in a little bit more detail? Because I think that's a really interesting point and you know, just a bit of a mindset shift about how you actually deliver your business and kind of what your business stands for. It's probably more more than just growing your team, actually. It's more than what your business stands for and how that then plays out to actually get to the bigger revenue, which might be what you want in the first place. Um, I'm trying to think how I explained it last week now. It, it, it was as simple as you, you put people on so you can give everybody that you deal with like more time. Yeah. Because the more time, again, let's use buyers as an example. Um, they've, they're the forgotten species of the real estate market for the last few years. And everyone keeps talking about how they need to give them service. And it's just not happening. Mm -hmm. right? um, I, I didn't share this last week. But before I hit record on the podcast last week, I got an email from 
who I believe is probably the best real estate agent in Brisbane. And Lissy and I had never had an opportunity. Uh, like we didn't meet the guy. We went to one of his open homes and like, we were like, this is the worst house in the suburb, like the absolute worst house <laughs> in the suburb. It probably is still three or four times what we can afford, but how good would it be to live here? Let's go. And we got an email a year and a half later asking us if we wanted to fill in a survey with our buying requirements. And the survey didn't open. It was protected because they forgot to share it to all people on Google Drive. This is what I still still consider to be probably the best agent in Brisbane. And so everyone says, you got to work with buyers. The market's turned. you got to work with buyers. They're not, right? Yeah. This guy is putting on PAs or dedicated buyers agents. They're calling them buyers agents. They're not charging people money, but they are. their sole job is to call buyers and say, how do we help? Because they know 60% of them need to sell as well. And so, yes, there's an ulterior motive, but he's putting them on to serve them because that service will come back. It's not to make his life easier. It's to make everyone else's life easier. And he just, he, Kiwis have a really good way of explaining stuff in like a direct but very nice sounding way. He, he did it much better than I am. Um, and I think he's worth a follow. He's got good marketing. Again, simple. It's consistent. It's informative. It's educational. It's entertaining. They take the piss out of each other. It's like who you want to be as a real estate agent when you grow up. You know? That's the authenticity piece. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I, I just think I, I, that resonated with me. That was one of those moments where I was like, you're right, you do. You, you bring people on to make your business better. And the way you make your business better is you give your clients or your customers more. Better service. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's really interesting. It sounds, it sounds like a really good few days. Was it Sunday and Monday, Sam? Sunday and Monday. Which is quite unusual. So you come on the Thursday, you play golf Friday morning, you play golf Saturday morning, and you go Sunday, Monday. That's the way it's done. <laughs> Nailed it. Doing it next year. 100%. I'm going to gonna have to, I'm gonna have to um, learn how to play golf, aren't I, I think. Right. Excellent. Well, thank, thank you very much for sharing. It's always, you've, you've talked about it before. Um, there's a lot of intrigue around the event, I think, in, in this country. It sounds like a really, really good few days. You've um you've already said that a number of people have been contacting you and asking you asking you how it was and and what have you and thank you very much for sharing because those points it's hard when you're doing it by yourself. I really enjoyed last week's episode, but I feel like we've probably gone a little bit deeper, got, more out of it. got a little bit more more out of it. Mm. So thank thank you very much for for, for sharing. Um, as you know. As you know, we do this because we love our industry. We want to see it improve and get better. Those sorts of events can only help with that. Um, if you have enjoyed today's episode, please share it out on social or share with colleagues. I'm Mark Worrell. He's Sam Hunter. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you again next week. This episode was sponsored by Revis.com. If you are looking to grow your new build department, you should check out Revis.com because it's a visualization tool that can help bring properties to life before a brick is laid. If you are wanting to show potential house buyers around property that isn't built yet, allow them to actually customize kitchens floor coverings, wallpaper, that sort of thing, then Revis.com is a great tool and I suggest that you check it out.